0: Hello and welcome to another Substance on Substance. I am Phil Graham, head of the Economic Substance Analysis at Harney's in the BVI, joined once again by Josh Mongeau. Morning, everyone. As some of you may be aware, we had another visit from a hurricane uh, this week uh, and unfortunately that led to the House of Assembly not being able to meet to pass the second or, or to conduct the second and third reading of the change to the BOSS Act, which is part of the process of putting the economic substance legislation and laws in place. The intention is very much that they will meet next week. I'm happy to report that generally the island has has come through the hurricane very well. Um, The intention is that they will meet next week and they will pass the laws into effect during the course of that session. That will then lead to the code being finalised. I know on the Final podcast we did um, last week. We were very hopeful that that would now be in effect. It is likely now to move into September just because of the House of Assembly delay this week. So, hopefully, your patience is still with us and we'll be able to announce on the next podcast that all is in place. What we wanted to do really today, following that announcement, was really talk about good governance. There has been a lot of talk around what is actually required as part of your classification process for economic substance. What do entities need to be doing right now? That goes sort of hand in hand also, though, with actually what entities need to be doing in general in the BVI in terms of their statutory obligations and in terms of what the directors should be looking to follow in terms of procedures to make sure that their entity remains in good standing. Josh, without further ado, let me pass over to you, really. Um, in, In terms of both the economic substance, but generally the sort of wider scope, what are your views?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so this is a question we are seeing a lot in practice from clients, both professional uh, advisors and intermediaries, and also just the you know kind of the underlying beneficial owners and directors themselves. Is, is what should I be doing? What do I need to have on file to, to show my classification? And as you say, it does tie into broader concepts of kind of good governance because the day-to-day responsibility for managing the business and affairs of of BBI companies falls on the directors. So they are really the ones responsible for driving this process along. They have various statutory duties and um, fiduciary duties, which we won't go into in in depth, but essentially the bright line is they should be acting in the best interest of the company. And that means complying with the law and understanding the company's obligations under the law and responding to that. So in essence, the message remains the same. You need to have classified your entities by now because they are in their first compliance period, and there are some potentially fairly significant um, fines and penalties under the Act, and some, some potentially quite onerous consequences of non-compliance. The good the good news is, if you want to go the route of of taking advice, either via the online classification solution or kind of you know, more traditional discussions with a, with a lawyer, then there are provisions in the. BVI Business Companies Act, which essentially allow directors to rely on expert advice, provided that they've gone to a competent expert and they're acting in good faith, they've made proper inquiry where it's warranted by the circumstances, and they then actually have knowledge that the reliance on the advice isn't warranted. So the long and short of that is in most cases, if you've taken proper legal advice on the classification, you will have discharged your duties under the Act. There are alternatives. If directors don't want to use um, lawyers and they prefer to do this exercise themselves, then then that is fine. We're seeing a lot of companies choose to put in place board resolutions in any case, either to record what I've just mentioned, that they've taken that advice and to to show that they've considered this properly, or to set out in a bit more detail how they came to their conclusion about how the entity is affected. There's definitely a benefit in doing that because the ITA has made it clear that if they come to a company as part of their investigation powers and they can't see that, then they're going to need to do some more digging to understand how the classification was arrived at. And you can see a couple of potential consequences falling out from that, probably in 2020. We in practice are coming across a lot of companies where the books and records just haven't been maintained properly. People haven't given much thought to having to demonstrate you know, the financial position of the company or or its classification of this type of legislation. And they're now scrabbling around to, to effectively get their documents together. It's much better to have done that now at the start of the compliance period than to be doing that in 2020 and trying to explain how you came to a view. For example, a lot of intra-group debt, which could be part of a financing and leasing business, potentially we're finding it undocumented or people haven't kind of formally sat down and figured out how the debt in their group sits. They may not have any form of financial records, um, in a formal sense, it's just kind of an understanding between the, the parties, particularly in a, in a you know, kind of closed company context. And a lot of documents may not be in English and need to be translated if the ITA is going to be able to, to understand them. This is obviously you know, not an ideal situation, and it's better to remedy it now and to have this thought process now. Also, there are statutory obligations on, on BVI companies that people sometimes forget under the, under the Business Companies Act. To effectively keep records and underlying documents that will enable the financial position of the company to be determined at any point in time with reasonable accuracy. And that includes a statement of assets and liabilities, and it includes records of receipts and expenditures. So, the long and the short is you, you already have an obligation under the Business Companies Act to have this information. And we, we strongly recommend that you get this in order now rather than later.
0: Thanks very much indeed, I mean we, we, we're obviously very very conscious that one of the, uh, the, the overwhelmingly attractive parts of using a BVI business company frankly is its flexibility, is the fact that it can be set up in a relatively cost-effective way and, and can be maintained relatively simply. But there are statutory obligations upon it and, and this is exactly as Josh has said, this is the perfect time to be analysing those, to be speaking to your registered agent, to be making sure that you are in, um, you're in good compliance Um, You are running your company um, in accordance with all the laws that apply to it. uh, And obviously, we're here to help if you need us. Thanks very much indeed, Josh. Thanks, everybody.